0: This is a production of Cornell University. For Cornell University's world-renowned turfgrass program, I'm Frank Ross.
1: And I am Carl Scamenti, and this is Turf Talk on the last day of May, brought to you in partnership with our friends at Winfield United. Turf Talk provides just-in-time science-based recommendations for professional turfgrass managers in the northeastern U.S. And Frank, let's get right into it today. What's the weather been like for the last week and where are we heading?
0: Well, hey, Carl, things are humming now, pal. Like we said last week, we're heading right into summer. Warm and moist conditions now across much of the Northeast have changed concerns to excessive top growth, persistent leaf wetness, and the increase in foliar disease pressure. Our disease models are lit up for dollar spot and anthracnose. Brown patch and pythium risk are expected to persist this week to the Pennsylvania border and across Long Island. So the warm, wet conditions in the New York metro area are certainly uh, uh, lighting up the, the pest stress that we're seeing. Now, some dry areas are persisting. If you look at the forecast website, uh, you'll see there was areas that if no rainfall comes this week, you can expect some drying of the upper soil. Some heat stress is predicted by our forecast website for the week. So if you're wet and it gets hot, the environmental stress plus the biotic stress from root pathogens and foliar pathogens and surface feeding ABWs could be overwhelming. So again, being a little on the dry side as the heat comes gives you a lot more options uh, than being on the wet side. So we should probably uh, catch everyone up on these pest issues that we've been alluding to, Carl.
1: Yeah, we're hearing from our friends in some of the diagnostic labs that they're seeing a steady stream of samples now uh, what are they seeing in the lab, and what can we start thinking about in terms of treatment options?
0: Well, there's a plethora of disease samples flowing into the diagnostic labs throughout the northeastern U.S. these days, Carl. Lingering brown, patch, uh, brown ring patch scars from persistent cool weather. Pythium root rot from poorly drained playing surfaces with shallow roots. You can spray, but try to figure out why areas are staying wet and work to fix. Maybe drastic fixes are needed this autumn uh anthracnose is popping up again on areas with a history of issues uh persistent stressful conditions and maybe too much offense with the summer coming this quick even though there's a week left of spring uh we are already into summer and you probably would argue that the turf is not as well uh hardened off for the summer stress as it would otherwise be now, the annual bluegrass weevil on the pest node is, has advanced dramatically and are well into the larval stage with damage starting to show up in the New York City metropolitan area, and the timing is heading north. Wondering about the synchronicity of the population and the intensity of the feeding we might experience, so we'll keep you posted on that. And bets now to choose your larvicide wisely. If you've had success with entomopathogenic nematodes, uh, they can be deployed at this time as well. But very little uh, successes have been reported. And of course, the expenses are fairly high. But if you're under pressure to avoid insecticide use or try some products, uh, if you have some resistance, then the nematodes might be worth experimenting with. And there's great research in this area by our pal at Penn State, Ben McGraw, and uh, Albrecht Kopenhofer, who Ben worked with at Rutgers University. Now, finally, Carl, I wanted to make a note about plant parasitic nematodes, ring, sting, root knot. Uh, My sarcastic side says that the two major chemical companies released new nematicides last year, and the number of courses taking nematode samples has increased. Uh, accordingly. And threshold values, when they're set into the lab, are exceeded, so a treatment is warranted. However, there is much skepticism regarding the value of these thresholds, how they're established, how they relate to the stress that the plants are under, and etc. So, several superintendents have used these new products and feel they observed improvement. So, Lots uh, to learn there. Some people are using uh, Divinim and Indemnify from the two companies that are selling them and having some success. So if you're having some persistent problems, uh, it might be worth at least uh, considering. So again, Carl, surging into summer with pests and stress.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's being observed. There's a lot of pest activity out there, a lot of grass growth. So with that in mind, what is a good key to success for this week?
0: And yes, the key to the, the this week, Carl, is to mine the one-third rule. When more than 30% of the leaf tissues mowed off, top growth resumes at a greater rate. Grass plants perceive the drastic removal of leaf tissue in one event as extremely stressful and respond with what can be called compensatory growth. This phenomenon is studied in animals and can be applied to all biological organisms. Simply, it's an increased growth rate following acute stress, and in this case, it's too much leaf tissue removed after you skip mowing. So after removing more than 30% of the grass leaf tissue, growth rate actually increases and will require more frequent mowing in the short term. Other options for avoiding having to mow so much is to raise the mowing height in spring to recognize the increased growth rate uh, and your inability to mow at times and due to poor mowing conditions. Avoid rates, uh, high rates of soluble nitrogen above 0.3 pounds per thousand square feet in a single application. And when using granular products for extended release, use sources with higher percentages of slow release N. This will minimize the typical growth surge that occurs under these conditions in the spring. The warming soils are now regularly contributing to the nitrogen needs of grasslands. Soil temperatures greater than 60 degrees Fahrenheit with adequate moisture provide ideal conditions for soil microbial activity. This microbial activity includes, but is not limited to, processing of organic matter and release of nutrients, including nitrogen for growth. Also, N-fertilization at this time is best in moderation as the N-supply rate from soil organic matter is not well understood. Nitrogen release from organic matter has been shown to be excessive on grasslands established over 25 years when adequate moisture is available. And that's, of course, contributing to the surge of top growth that we're seeing right now is the uh, surge of microbial activity.
1: Great. So really understanding that relationship between The one-third rule and how nitrogen is becoming available in the spring is a good idea to to keep in mind for everyone. Uh, So now, transitioning to the final segment of the Turf Talk podcast, sage advice for the week. What do you have for us this week, Frank?
0: Well, Carl, the sage advice for this week is to understand nitrogen fertilization, as we tried to discuss um, in the keys for the week with the release from organic matter. I know it sounds crazy, but with an active debate underway regarding the restricting of nitrogen fertilizer in New York state, it behooves us all to understand the risk of water quality. And that is at a fever pitch on Long Island, home to some of New York's most sensitive environmental areas, as are the Adirondacks. Cornell University has been conducting research on Long Island's groundwater resources for over 50 years as it relates to potential contamination from chemicals and fertilizers applied to grasslands. In those 50 years, the Cornell Turf Press Program has conducted 12 studies and three large-scale nutrient education and reduction programs on Long Island to preserve water quality. In fact, a comprehensive nitrogen management review, was conducted for Suffolk County in 2010 and is worth a look. It's very dense, uh, published by the late Bob Portmess, um, and it's available on healthylawns.suffolkcountynewyork.gov. A lot of science has been conducted over long periods of time measuring and predicting nitrogen losses from fertilization to turf, 25 and 60 years' worth of data. So we feel a defensible annual nitrogen rate Uh, For Long Island, the most sensitive of all areas is between 80 to 100 pounds of actual N, depending on the age of the turf and clippings management. And a single application of soluble N should not exceed 20 pounds actual N per acre. Now, they are resource available, Carl, on our Cornell Turfgrass website, but much easier right now in the written version of our shortcut newsletter, and you could give them the email for that right now, Carl, couldn't you? Our sage advice for this week, paying attention to nitrogen and sending your email to Carl.
1: That's exactly right, Frank. For those of you who don't know, we have a weekly newsletter produced either Monday or Tuesday of every week. If you'd like to receive those via email, please send me your inf- contact information. Uh, My email is css223 at cornell.edu. As always, Frank, thank you for the sage advice. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening to the Turf Talk podcast series brought to you just in time by Cornell University in partnership with our friends at Winfield United. You can find us online at turf.cals.cornell.edu and on Twitter or Facebook at Cornell Turf. You can subscribe to this podcast on any of the podcasting sites available And please feel free to leave reviews as well. For Turf Talk, I'm Carl Scamenti.
0: And I'm Frank Rossi. Have
1: a great week.
0: This has been a production of Cornell University.
1: On the web at cornell.edu.